Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Full Access OK. I'm Skylar Cooper, along with Steve Berg. Hello. You know us from 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. We are the two parts of the KRMG Afternoon News every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. And thanks for being here on this podcast yet again. Where are we going today, Steve? Well, our topic on this episode of Full Access OK is the Tulsa Zoo. If you're new to the podcast, our theme is trying out new things or getting back to a place you haven't been to in a long time. And depending on who you are, the Tulsa Zoo could fit both categories. For us, meaning me and Skyler, it's the second one. It's a place we haven't been to in a long time. For me, it had been about seven years or so, I think, since I'd been there. I ran the zoo run, so I really didn't even spend that much time in the zoo itself. And I can't really remember my last time there. It's got to be 20 years or so because I know it had to be a school field trip, and I just couldn't tell you when. Yeah, and there has been a ton that has changed in just the last 10 years or so, let alone the last 20 years or so, which is probably the last time mm-hmm. you were there. We talked to Kaylin Compton. She is the Director of Education at the Tulsa Zoo, and it's a good title, Education, because... We certainly learned a lot. And starting with how long the zoo has been around, and it's longer than you might think. Yes, yeah, so we have been around for... This will be our 95th year this, this fall. Um, so it's a zoo that has been an integral part of the city of Tulsa for a very long time. We are owned by the city. We're managed by a private management company. Um, And we're in a really exciting time of the zoo's history right now in that we have an aging facility. It's 95 years old, and we've started making some improvements, not only to the existing infrastructure around the zoo of aging buildings, but starting new exhibit complexes, and some of which you can already see that are in the works, like our elephant um, expansion project, but also some that are about to get started but aren't quite there yet. We're hoping to break ground on a new exhibit complex called African Wilds later this year as well. If we could uh, magically go back in time and take a tour 95 years ago, how different would the zoo look? Is the footprint similar or has it changed a lot? It's definitely grown uh, tremendously. I think some of the first few animals at the zoo were a bison and some elk. And now we have um, a much larger expansive collection of reptiles and mammals and birds. And um, you can, it's very immersive depending on what area of the zoo you go to. And that's really been a part part of our our goal of creating a world-class zoo. We're a member of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. We have very high standards that we must meet in order um, to maintain excellent animal welfare and do our best for our animals and our care. And part of that has been creating um, new exhibits as there's been updated industry knowledge in zoos and aquariums and what we know is best practice now and how to care for our animals. And so we're, we, we make a goal to make 
keep up with those changes. And that's why, you know, not only are we doing infrastructure updates to our, our rainforests and putting a new roof and new life support systems in, that's, you know, alone that building was, was built in the 90s. It celebrated its 25th year last year. Um, so we're, we're investing in our infrastructure while we're also um, kind of creating a vision for the future and uh, in creating world-class habitats for our animals as well. Do you happen to know off the top of your head how many different kinds of animals and species there are here? I think it's several hundred species and over 2,000 animals. When I think about people's exposure here, it's probably either they were really little and their parents brought them out here on a free, free day or maybe their first time here was a school field trip. I imagine there's a ton of that going on. What's, what do you think is the most exciting thing when a, when a kid sees the zoo for the first time. I, I love, I grew up in Tulsa and I grew up coming to the zoo. So it has meant a lot to me my entire life as well. And I was one of those kids coming here for a field trip. I loved the chimpanzees when I uh, was coming here for a field trip. You see kids, they run in, they go straight for the globe. They put their hands on the globe and they want to spin it. And then you look right there and we have this amazing chimp exhibit and you could go and see our chimps and either outside or inside. That was my favorite part growing up as a kid when I first came in to the zoo on a field trip. But I think now with the new exhibits and the new design and allowing people to get really close to animals safely um, is, is spectacular and that you can see that connection and that empathy being built between a child and the animal that they, in no other scenario, would be able to see um, is very special. And that's part of our education department. That's part of what we're doing here. We want to connect kids to nature and build that empathy and, and start from a really young age to get them to care about animals in our environment and so that they can be good stewards of of the planet as well as they're, as they're getting older. So right now, the zoo is about 11 years into a 20-year master plan, and it's going like gangbusters. They've already completed four major projects in phase one, $26 million worth. Yeah, 2014, they opened the $4 million Mary Kate Chapman Rhino Reserve, where they've got their two white rhinos on display. 2017, $300,000 in the St. John Family Den. The biggest ticket item came in 2017 with the $21 million Lost Kingdom. And another $1 million in 2018 went to the Osage Casino and Hotel Giraffe Barn. And phase two is well underway. They've got the new $3.2 million Helmerick Children's Playground. That's already opened. That opened in 2020. Yeah, we definitely saw some kids playing on that one while we were there. And you heard Kaylin mention the elephant expansion. That started kind of recently, June of last year, June 2022. Its full name is Oxley Family Elephant Experience and Elephant Preserve. That includes the brand new 36,000 square foot barn set to open this year. Recently, I saw Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum was signing, a, I think, a piece of the construction material to sort of note that that was going on and it's also a 10 acre yard where the elephants can roam freely it's set to open next year it's going to be this is really cool for tulsa one of the largest asian elephant facilities of its kind in north america and they're hoping to break ground this year on a new exhibit called african wilds carnivores expanding and updating the lion habitat among other things this would be a good time to mention that the tulsa zoo like a lot of zoos around the country is building new exhibits that are more like animals' natural habitat. That's the best practices mantra that Kalen talked about. A zoo that's healthier for the animals and gives people a more legit idea of what nature is supposed to be. In fact, the Tulsa Zoo is grouping animals more according to geography. So, for example, Asian tigers are no longer right next to African lions. 
Something else we learned on our trip, and you might be surprised by this too, the zoo is owned by the city, but they actually have a nonprofit management company, and they don't get all that much money from the city, so we asked Kayla. What are some ways that people, where does the support from the zoo come from, and what are some ways that people can support the zoo? The simplest way to support the zoo and support wildlife conservation is coming and visiting the zoo. A portion of our of your ticket goes straight to uh, conservation for our conservation partners that are in right in the wild helping protect animals in, in vulnerable habitats, but also uh, um, it helps support our operating costs of salaries and feeding animals and all the equipment it takes to run a zoo like this. And it is incredibly expensive. Um, so it is those, those just buying an admission ticket, come to the zoo, Eating while you're here makes a huge, huge difference. We have other opportunities to give to the zoo as well. Our annual fundraising event is coming up this September, Waltz on the Wild Side. It's been going on many, many years now. Um, and if you purchase a ticket to that, it's um, you can come out and enjoy a really fun night of um, food and dancing and entertainment. And it's a great way to um, give back to the zoo. How long have you worked here now? I started in 2015 and um, have kind of worked my way around the education department, had almost every position that we have in our department, and then now I've been director of education for about two years. So in that timeline, what have you seen that's the, probably the most noticeable change and to you the most exciting change for the zoo? We're in phase two of our master plan currently, and I've been able to be a part of the zoo while this impressive growth has been happening. So we opened the um, the the new playground, the Behaving Like Animals playground, a couple, several years ago. That was March of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic that opened. Um, and it's been incredible to see the change in the playground that I played on as a kid, which was wooden train structure, to now this magnificent $3 million playground where kids can go and really immerse themselves and behave like animals and, and, and um, whatever that means to them. And it's really incredible. It's definitely a high point of the zoo right now. Anyone with kids loves to go check out our, our playground. It's a can't-miss spot. Um, we opened our Lost Kingdom exhibit complex, which is home to primarily Asian animals. We have Komodo dragon, uh, tigers, snow leopards. That exhibit complex gave updates to many animals that we already had in our care that they're... Um, their exhibits that they were in were just starting to get outdated. We learned more about the type of care that our animals need as, as time moves on, and we invest in that. It's very important to us. And so uh, that exhibit complex is, is spectacular if you walk through that now. And that's the vision for the future where we're headed now. We're currently um, underway with our elephant expansion project. We're in the first phase of that, which is a new barn for our elephants. We have three elephants at the zoo right now, and the barn that we're building is 35,000 square feet. It's gonna be able to support a much larger um, collection of elephants. So we're excited for that to be uh, coming in the near future too. So that is happening right in front of our eyes right now. And then our next big one is African Wilds, which we hope to break ground on later this year. Um, again that's going to give updated exhibits to a lot of the animals we already have in our care. Uh, lions, they're in the older grotto style exhibit right now. Uh, they'll be getting a new exhibit, painted dogs, 
um, our Diana monkeys will be moved, but then we're introducing some new species as well. So we'll bring zebras back to the zoo, which we haven't had um, in a number of years. We'll um, be bringing in pygmy hippos, which is really exciting. We're gonna have an aviary with some new bird species as well. So uh, African wilds will be a really neat combination of providing um, updates for our existing animals and, and those animals that have a need for a new space, as well as bringing in some really exciting new species. There are several really unique things about our zoo that people may not even know. Um, we have really successful Malayan tiger uh, breeding program here where we've been able to um, have pairs of Malayan tigers um, have offspring and this is a critically endangered species. There's less than a, a couple hundred of them left in the wild and um, they can be very tricky to breed in human care. Um, they you have to wait for the right time. These tigers are solitary so introductions have to be done very carefully um, and it can be uh, um, there's a lot of risk involved with it too. So I think that's something that as a zoo we're very proud of is has been our success in, in, um, in breeding Malayan tigers. Uh, we also have had great success in our history breeding Aldabra tortoises as well um, and had several offspring produced from our Aldabra tortoise pairs which are a species that also can be difficult to breed in human care that it's really important because of their conservation status that these numbers keep increasing in these animals. So those are some kind of unique insight things that maybe not the general person would know about our zoo. But one thing that I love in generally speaking about our zoo is how much the community supports our zoo and how how much pride we take in that. So our visitors are, are amazing. They, you can see the love that they have for the zoo and we appreciate that support so much. And it really does help us, you know, we're very mission driven and it, and it helps us keep going every day. We both noticed Skylar and I as we drove up that the parking lot is packed. Is that a normal day? So yes, it. right now we, we still have field trips coming in for summer camps and, and other, um, and, and other you know, field trip groups coming in. So yes, it, it can be very busy here, even, even on a Monday. Um, weekends typically tend to have higher attendance, but on a nice day when in nice weather, yes, even weekdays, we'll, we'll see good crowds. I want to make sure we get all the right sites and links and everything so we can share that. Um, what, would, what are the most important Probably the, the website and the socials, that kind of thing. Sure. Our main uh, website is TulsaZoo.org. And on all socials, we're Tulsa Zoo. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the main ones. And then I also mentioned that other website, if you're interested in looking at our master plan, buildingbeyond.org has the different phases and where we're headed for the future. Now, all this stuff they're doing, it's working. They say their annual attendance is up more than 86,000 people per year. Right now, they get around 650,000 visitors each year. And with the addition of the Oxley Family Elephant Experience and the African Wilds Carnivores exhibits, the goal, they say, is to reach the 1 million visitor per year mark soon. So also on their project list for the not-too-distant future, a brand-new, much bigger, more modern, more grand front entrance to handle all those extra visitors. Now, they kind of put that on the back burner for now because they want to concentrate more on the exhibits for the animals than they do on, we'll call it the pretty stuff, like the front entrance. But that is definitely on the list. And when all is said and done in this 20-year master plan, the zoo will probably have changed Skylar more in these 20 years than it did in the previous 86 years or so. 
Be sure to check out that website that Kaylin mentioned, that buildingbeyond.org. That's buildingbeyond.org. It's got a ton of great information about the zoo's new and future projects if you want to learn about it. So if you are first time to the zoo or first time in a long time like me and Steve, a good time to get out there and spin the globe just inside the entrance. We saw kids doing that. That was built in 1996, by the way. That's going to do it for this episode with the Tulsa Zoo. I want to thank Kaylin and everyone at the Tulsa Zoo for having us out. You should go check it out when you get a chance. And be sure to share this podcast. Tell your friends about it. We appreciate all the support. This has been Full Access OK. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.